Welcome into the Reviewing the Brew podcast. Back again for another week. I'm Dave Gasper, joined once again by Matthew Dwoskin and our Hello. contributor Joseph Simandel. Joseph, Matthew, uh, welcome back on the show. We've had you guys a number of times, Matthew, every single time, and Joseph for he's he's been here a couple times now. Yeah, it's like the third or fourth time. Yeah, always a good time to have to have at it's Joe Sports on the. Uh, on the podcast with us, so the Brewers are, as we're recording this right now, the Brewers are playing against the Cardinals, and they have jumped out to a huge lead over over St. Louis after a home run by Lorenzo Cain, another home run by Yasmani Grandal, and a two-RBI double from hitting machine Brandon Woodruff. And I <clears throat> I kind of want to start with with this. Brandon Woodruff, this dude, he came in in a pinch hit situation on Monday, and he ropes a double. And he comes in today when he's pitching, and he ropes a double. Brandon Woodruff is a legit, like, real, real hitter. Like, he's not just a pitcher who's going up there and just, you know, struggling at the plate like pretty much every other pitcher. This dude can rake and Joseph every time he goes up there you're actually not expecting him to get out which is pretty rare for a pitcher nowadays yeah so are we shocked on this one I mean let's remember who this guy is he did hit a home run off Clayton Kershaw Clayton Kershaw in a in a a pressure situation too at that so it's not totally shocking that he's doing that Matthew are you surprised at all by Brandon Woodruff being good at hitting? I mean, just kind of how good he's been at hitting. He's now five for six on the season with a walk. You know, like he, he's got what, four RBIs? Maybe three RBIs? I don't know. He's got something. Uh, he's, he's five for six. That seemed pretty. Yeah, no, I. Dude knows what he's doing with the bat. Um, you know, I, what's, what's impressing me, me a bit more than is what he's doing on the mound, actually. Yeah, he's he's doing really well so far tonight against the Cardinals. Hmm. Um, he's gotten into trouble second and third times through the order before, so we'll kind of see how the start progresses. Because as as we're in the middle of recording this right now, I believe the game's in like the fourth inning. So, yep. you know, yep. this time slot worked really well during the off season. Now that yeah, we're in the regular season, this this time slot may may not be the best oh. time to record, but here we are. What's that? I said now that we're here in the regular season, that this time slot may may not be the best to to record, but here we are. It worked out well in the off season, but yeah, well, now well, yeah, we weren't actually recording like during games. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because there were no games, and it was does a they, sad does time. Does anyone want to take a guess how many hits Woodruff? Does anyone take a guess how many Woodruff ha- hits Woodruff has overall for his MLB career versus his minor league career? Was minor league career shouldn't have very many because they have DH, do they not? Yeah. Uh, so he had, yeah, he had twelve hits total in his minor league career. Okay. Wow. And so he had he had two and seventeen, two and eighteen, and currently what five this year? So he's already at nine. So three more hits, and he's already topped what he did in the minors. Yeah. Moving a pitcher, so. Brandon Woodruff. But hey. That dude can hit, and you know what? This is just, this is just bringing everyone back. It's bringing me back. It might be bringing Matthew and, and Joseph back to the days of Brooks Kieschnick and some, and maybe Giovanni Gallardo and some other Brewers pitchers that could hit and do it well. And perhaps we could see more of Brandon Woodruff in in some hitting situations, even on days that he's not pitching. I put this out on Twitter the other day, and it's very far-fetched and probably not seriously ever going to happen. But, Matthew, two-way player Brandon Woodruff, could it ever happen? No. <laughs> no. I didn't think so. Joseph? Looking, hey. at the current, look, looking at the current rotation, I would say no. Please no. <laughs> yeah. Again, not entirely serious about putting him as a two-way player, but... Ooh. The dude couldn't. The dude can't hit. 
We have seen it, and he can also pitch. What, what's really odd is he throws right-handed, but he bats left-handed. Yeah, yeah, that is not something you see very often. Puts and his pitching arm right way. out there in front. Yeah. I'm, I think he's, he, he's got a pad on that elbow, though. Oh, they all do, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not quite like an Eric Thames-type pad, but there, there's a pad. Yeah. Eric so. Thames looks like his is custom from when he played in Korea. So. Yeah. Goes around his biceps. Fit, fits to it perfectly because he needs to get the extra large size for his arms. That's I was going to say more like, like a double XL or something pad. Yeah. Oh, Eric. guys, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, what what are you doing over there? You're slacking. I know it, it's been a it's 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 only Tuesday. It's been a rough week already. But yeah, take it till six minutes into the show to remember the beer. I I'm embarrassed. I'm We're going to have to make I, up for it and start drinking some more. Like drink like drink them faster. <laughs> no, I, I think to make up for it, I have to drink two beers tonight. Yes. There you go. At the same time, like double, double fisting at the same time. And we all know once Matthew gets to two beers, he's pretty much blacked out. <laughs> right? You know, speaking of nicknames. Oh, wait. How is that anything close to nicknames? That 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 had nothing to do with a nickname. Oh, no. That was never even mentioned. Uh, well, we had, we had the long discussion about your nickname, which will not be repeated on the show. <laughs> yeah, you know, last week I, I want to um, save all of your ears from it. <laughs> I wish you saved mine. <laughs> yeah. Either, well. way. Either way. So, Anyways. um, no, in you know, back in college, um, you know, you know, decades ago, uh, <laughs> my 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 nickname was in fact Toucan Sam. Really. Yeah, I, I was let's just say um, at the time I, I had like a really really low body fat percentage, mm-hmm. so it it would wouldn't take a lot to get me to get me drunk. So ah. two two can two cans was about if if I if I didn't have food two cans I would would get me yeah. yeah wow. I, 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 yeah, to, total lightweight <laughs> in college is, is Matthew Dwaskin over there. Yes, accurate. <laughs> I you know what I cannot deny. Um, any any of my you know any of my friends who knew me back in college I doubt any of them listen to the podcast but. Um, they would they would confirm that 100. percent um, I wouldn't even try to lie about it, saying I could, I could drink anybody. I, I, I'd be drinking myself under the table. Oh yeah, sounds like a great time actually. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, it saves you money though. <laughs> Being I mean, a cheap cheap drunk. Well, yeah, because I mean, if you only need to buy you know two beers to to get you drunk instead of you know five or six or whatever, saves you a lot of money in the long run. Because you still get, because you still yeah. get to feel drunk, but it just costs you way less. Or it'll, you know, it'll cost you more when you, you know, have that third beer and just and, and then something. that that's a different kind of cost that that we're yeah. talking about over here. Accurate. Mm. Good times. So speaking of beer, the brewers, uh, yes. <laughs> the whole reason that we're here. Uh, so Brandon Woodruff. Now uh, he's pitching well. He's hitting well, and his fellow uh, rookie in the starting rotation, Freddie Peralta, uh, he's not been pitching well, and he struggled again against the St. Louis Cardinals. Luckily, the offense was able to save him, basically. And just earlier on Tuesday, here, Freddie Peralta goes on the ten-day injured list with. Mm-hmm what they were calling an SC joint injury, um, okay. which doesn't sound that fun. Now, David Stearns did say that this was that they did not think this was a serious issue. Um, he's only going to miss one, maybe two starts uh, for, for the Brewers. So it's not that big of a concern, but it's been a rough early part of the season for Freddie Peralta. And... You know, now he's going to miss the next couple starts as he's got some sort of some sort of injury. And, and Joe, I mean, th- this was really kind of, you know, he's not a guy that you really want to see go down in, in the rotation, even though he's he's been struggling early on. Well, I don't want to see him go down because, he, one, he's on my fantasy team in our uh, <laughs> <laughs> There it is. 
and you so, don't have any more that, IL that spots hurts. available. Yeah, that hurts. Um, however, no, you don't want to see him go down, even though he does have a uh, a very abysmal uh, 7.13 ERA over mm. his 17 innings pitched. But uh, he had that one amazing game that he pretty much you know dominated in in this whole season. It, it's a lot like we saw him last year. You get good Freddy, and then you get bad Freddy, and then you get sort of okay Freddy. And I think he's still trying to figure out what he is at this point. You know, he is young, so you can't really blame him for not being consistent. But you don't, you don't ever want to see a guy go down with any kind of injury, especially a starter. So, Yeah, I mean, he's 22 years old. I mean, he's still got a bright future ahead of him. He's just very inconsistent right now. I mean, first inning, he'll either breeze through it, or he'll give up three plus runs. There's like no in between with Freddie. No. Same thing with the fourth inning. Like first and fourth, huge trouble spots. And if he can make it through that, if he can make it through the fourth just fine, he could make it seven or eight. You know that that's just kind of how he is. And it's just for whatever reason, you know, three of his four starts just kind of haven't been there. And there's just one really good one to remind you, hey, this guy's got really good stuff. And you know, he's going to be a joy to watch in the rotation for years to come, though. Yeah. And, and uh, kind of reading over a couple of the comments, even, even Craig Council said, you know, don't expect to be long term. Um, he just needs a couple extra days of rest, which is right. great to hear. But at the same time, you, you want him to make a good recovery, not rush him back. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Matthew, what do you I, think? I don't I, – I have – where I'm at whenever I hear of a Brewer's injury is that I, I'm, I'm naturally distrustful now. After, yeah. after what we went through with Jimmy Nelson and, and – oh, yeah, you know, he's going to be back by July. Oh, you know, but it'll probably be closer to August. It might hoping, be September. We're, we're and hoping that, he throws in September. You know what? Let's just shut it down for a while. That's like he should be good for spring training. To, and but day one, spring training, he's gonna be ready to go, guys. Um, yeah, you know he's uh, he's probably gonna gonna need some more time. You know, to, you know, it's probably gonna be closer to May. Um, so whenever I hear a pitcher injury with the Brewers, I take it with a grain of salt. I don't. It's it's called irritation of the SC joint. One of those like non-injury injuries where they just kind of were looking for something to to get him a few days to get his to get his head back and you know to get his head right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I you know, the most famous example to me was Chen Ming Wong when he was like really, no when he was like really really bad with the Yankees they would give him like full body scans like hoping to find something they could call an injury and like put him on the DL for fifteen days. Yeah, um, or back in uh, twenty fourteen with uh, Wei Chung Wong. When as soon as he reached that like ninety days they needed on the active roster, mm. he mysteriously came down with shoulder tightness and had yeah. to spend like two three months on the DL to, for there like you know go. the rest of the season. It's mm. like ah, convenient. He got shoulder yeah, tightness but- after having pitched like twelve times in the first like three four months of the year. So it it, it wouldn't shock me if that, if if it was close it was closer to that than it was an actual injury. Then again, you know, with the Brewers and their injuries, I'm again, I, I got to look at it sideways. I'm, you know, I, it could be ten days, it could be three months. You know, I there's there's no way to know until he actually like gets back on the field. Yeah, um, I'm I'm just kind of you know whenever whenever I, I I hear Brewers and pitching injury, I'm, I just have to, I, I I've, I've become a skeptic just because they've given me a reason to. So yeah, fair um, enough. I mean, and with Peralta, I mean. He he hasn't been doing well. Like three of the four starts have been really bad, mm-hmm. and they don't want to send him down to the to the minor leagues, and they don't want to put him in the bullpen. So they want to ride it out with him in that rotation, but they need to give him like some time. Like they can't just have it be you know the five days of rest and and just go from there. Like they need to give him a little bit of time. So that's where I, I think they come out. They came out with this. Um, just found like you know a little something that was enough of an injury. Um, apparently he was like complaining about it like a few days before, and then um, we told the training staff after yesterday's game that you know still feeling kind of funky. So 
They just put him on the DL. And especially after a bad game like that and you complain about like something weird going on like, you know, in, in that area, they're probably going to be like, "All right, we like there's an issue here." So, and when they think it could impact your performance, like after you come off a bad game and then have come out with that injury, like that that's probably more along their line of thinking. So, you know, giving them that that extra time to work it out is key. And then, so with the the other roster moves that were made, uh, Aaron Wilkerson gets called up. Freddie Peralta or Junior, wow, Jeremy Jeffress gets activated. Um, who do you see taking the spot in the rotation for Freddie Peralta since he's going to miss at least one, possibly two starts? Is it going to be Chase Anderson getting a spot start? Um, could it be Aaron Wilkerson who got called up? Uh, could it be Adrian Hauser may- maybe getting called up a few days down the line here? Joe, what do you think? So, so I don't I don't want to put Chase in that group. I think uh, as an organization you have to make a decision with Chase Anderson that you are going to stay in the bullpen the whole season. You're going to be a long reliever. You're not going to come back to the rotation because you don't want to give him that hope that, hey, pitch well, kind of earn that spot back. Um, I don't think Chase's future is in the – is in the starting rotation in Milwaukee. Um, I, I think you give Wilkerson an opportunity. If you're not, you definitely try to give Hauser an opportunity. You also have Birch Smith, who in two starts down in the minor leagues, uh, 0.82 ERA with only a one whip. You know, So there's three people that have made some starts in the minors that have some experience in the majors. You don't bring a Zach Brown up in a spot start situation. Those are no. That's who I would see. I don't think you bring Chase up to start a game. Or you do a bullpen rotation. Mm. Yeah. All right. I I got, I got thoughts on this. All right. All right. First off, um, if, if it is just a 10 day thing, it wouldn't shock me to see Freddie go down to San Antonio for a start or two. as like, you just kind of like, as a tune up into it. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the, I kind of think the, I kind of disagree, had to disagree with you there. They didn't want to send him down. I think they would send him down, but only if it's under the guise of it being an injury. I don't think they'd, they'd send them down to perform just because that could impact confidence. So I, I could see them exactly. sending him down under the guise of an injury, like in this case. Yeah. Um, now, as far as as far as like who should take his spot in the rotation of of the options listed, I think Adrian Hauser is the one the, the one that intrigues me most. Yeah, I mean he's been dominating down there in AAA, so I, I really wouldn't be surprised to see him get a shot. You know, I mean, Chase Anderson. I kind of, you know, we've seen that movie. We think we know how that ends. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, Birch Smith. I, I guess you could make a case for. I'm not a. You know, I don't. I, I think is he's he even on the forty man roster? I don't think he is. I don't. I don't think he is either. Yeah, Adrian Hauser so, is on the forty man roster. Yeah. So, so and that and I, I was really shocked that he didn't make the team out of spring training. Hauser. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not entirely shocked by it. It's fair, but but either way, I just I I think he you know you know if 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 they're serious about giving him a chance in, in the rotation, you know now is as good a time as any to kind of you know to give him a shot. So I I think of the options listed, I think Hauser's probably the most intriguing, unless Jimmy Nelson makes a miraculous recovery and and decide to give him a spot start in the next like two days. Expect, yeah, two expect, three days. Yeah. Expect him in June probably at this point. So yeah. Now you gotta you gotta ask yourself a couple questions here when you lay it out too. Is okay. what's the ro- what's the rotation this year look like that's going to give you the best option? Hmm. But then moving forward, what's the rotation? Obviously, free agents. Even the next year, it could be different. Do you want to get Hauser some opportunities over Wilkerson to start? I I think you do at this point. It's so oh, early yeah. in the year too. It, if he comes up and he's just horrible, what what do you hurt? You send him back down to San Antonio, saying, "Hey, thanks." Um, but maybe you're just not ready, or maybe he dominates and he fights for that spot. Yeah, Try, tries to push himself up up on that depth chart, and I feel like Wilkerson might just get an early shot because I mean Wilkerson's like 29, like 30, something like that. Like he's kind of like getting up there for a AAA guy, like trying to like make it to the big leagues. So it's like mm-hmm. this is I feel like this is a huge year for Wilkerson. Like this is kind of his last good shot to make an impact at the big league level. And if he's unable to get it done, then I think they just 
be more willing to just move on from him, give that 40-man roster spot to somebody else, and just keep the line moving. So I feel like they want to give an opportunity to Wilkerson first. So I could see him, you know, maybe getting, you know, three, four, possibly five innings in in a spot start in Freddie's spot. spot. But um, it, I think it's going to be either him or Chase Anderson getting that spot spot. Because, I mean, David Stearns has said, and Craig Council has said, that Chase Anderson will make starts for this team this year. And mm-hmm. so it's going to happen eventually. And with Freddie Peralta down for a start, it, it's kind of the right opportunity to give Anderson one of those spot starts as well, I think. And he hasn't pitched that yeah. badly out of the rotation or out of the bullpen so far. Yeah. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't been awful. Mm. I'm not inspired. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I can't give an inspirational speech every single time I talk, Matthew. Well, not every single – well, I mean, if Chase Anderson is, is part of any speech, it's probably not going to be very inspirational. That's point. true. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, Anyways. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, but the do, good... do, you want, do you want to move on to Jeremy Jeffers or do you want to continue down this uh, – Yeah, I was, ju- I was just about to – just about to say and continuing on with the – Transactions that were made today. Jeremy Jeffress was activated from the 10-day injured list, and he's now back in the bullpen alongside Josh Hader and all of his good friends out there. So with Jeffress back in the bullpen, what what does this mean for the final couple innings? Because the Brewers are going to kind of ease him back into it. Jeffress is not going to – he's not going to immediately step into the ninth inning. Oh, no. But the bullpen has kind of had its share of struggles early on this season. But now that Jeffress is back, uh, Matthew, how do you think this impacts the bullpen as a whole? Well, I, you know, it, it, you've got more of a bridge to Josh Hader at this point. Yep. You know, um, I, I'd, I'd like to see you know Jeffress actually come in and, and look like the Jeffress of old before I'm willing to toss him into like you know super high leverage. You know situations where you know absolutely has to you know, come in and dominate, um, but it it gives you you know a bit more of the depth that that, that you had last year. Um, it it just it, it gives you another option, you know, another trustable option toward towards the the, uh, the back of the road to the towards the back of the bullpen that you can use as that that bridge to Josh Hader, where he's not going to have to work, you know, more than ideally more than an inning, you know, in a safe situation. Yeah, I'm just going to agree. With everything Matt said there, I, I want to see him. <laughs> Smarter. That's the yeah. smartest thing I've heard all I, night. <laughs> I want to see him actually perform like he did last year before I trust him and give him the keys to the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I agree. Instead of asking Josh Hader to pitch three innings in relief or two and a half or two and two third innings, um, maybe he only needs to pitch an inning and a third. So that might it'll it'll help take the wear and tear off Hader on the backside of the bullpen. Mm. Yeah, and, and with that, like that's one less inning that we need to see guys like Jacob Barnes and Taylor Williams and just some of these guys who are very frustrating to watch, I'd say, less innings that they need to cover. And, I mean, it's all about getting those starters to go as long as – I mean, we the Brewers have seen, have seen some very short starts from their starting pitchers so far this season. I mean, Peralta had the one game where he went long, but most of the others, I don't think he got through four. Corbin Burns has struggled fourth and fifth inning. Brandon Woodruff hasn't been able to get through more than five. Chassin had a short start the other day. I mean, they still haven't been going very long, and it's they haven't been getting consistent, you know, six, seven inning performances from their starting pitchers, and that's just is highlighting kind of the weaknesses of the bullpen because there's not as many dominant arms back there. So by being forced to throw some more of the weaker arms, you know, th- those games are seem more out of hand because those are winning situations and it's like the B group, the the group that's normally in when the team is losing, it's those guys that are that are having to pitch meaningful innings. Mm-hmm. So, it, it just makes it that much rougher on everyone. So it's good to have Jeremy Jeffress back and he's going to make the back end of that bullpen, 
a whole lot stronger. And someone else who could make the bullpen a whole lot stronger. Sitting out there on the free agent market, Craig Kimbrell, he's still out there. And we yep. got we got some rumors earlier here on Tuesday that oh? that Craig Kimbrell was moving closer to a decision on his next team. And that the Brewers are one of the teams that could be interested and could be that team. <laughs> so <laughs> he's closer he's moving closer to choosing his his next team, and the Brewers are believed to be one of the teams that could be interested. It's okay. It's vague, Possible but that might it's, oh, it's so point. vague. It is vague, but the closer to the decision part is, is the real news. I mean, we all knew the Brewers were kind of hanging around uh, that market, and you know there could possibly be something happening soon. Again, don't actually know what's going on. I don't think anyone actually knows what's going on outside of Kimbrel and probably <laughs> David Stearns, but yeah. I mean, he's apparently lowered his asking price to something a bit more reasonable. Three years, so somewhere around the Wade Davis range, three years, $52 million, somewhere around there. You see, that that's like a perfectly like realistic contract expectation for Craig yeah. Kimbrough. He should have dropped it down to that back at like beginning of February. Well. Kind of saved himself a lot of trouble. His agent's got a boat payment to make. What do you want him to do? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> interesting to see what ends up happening with Kimbrell, but he's still out there. And according to John Morosi, the Brewers' interest in Craig Kimbrell hinges on how Jeremy Jeffress does in his return. That's odd to me. That's odd to you. Yeah. How, how is that odd to you? I, I think they should be interested in him regardless of how Jeremy Jeffress does. Oh, right. But I mean, like, based on like how he comes, like, if he comes back and like dominates, Brewers probably okay. like, well, still got, you know, Jefferson Hader back there in the bullpen. It may not be a three-headed mm-hmm. monster, but it's a two-headed monster, and that's still dangerous when it comes to the regular season and the postseason. And okay. it, it'll be easier to justify, you know, not spending all that extra cash on Craig Kimbrell when I mean that that cash could possibly. You know, hamstring them come the July trade season, and it, it's things like that that Stearns has to kind of balance. But if Jeffress does struggle in his return, then it's like, well, now you just got Josh Hader back there. You know, you kind of need someone else with him, which would justify spending that kind of cash on Craig Campbell because when it comes to the July trading season, anyways, you're gonna need to get someone for that bullpen. Mm-hmm. And at least with Kimbrell, you wouldn't have to give up any prospects in return. Okay. You know what? You've talked me into it. Aha. There you go. Inspirational. Because I did it's not the, use Chase Anderson in that argument. If you had, <laughs> I, 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 I would have been like, yeah, really? That's the best we can do? Unless I would have been saying that that means that we'd have to see less of Chase Anderson in games, then that would even that would that would help you convince you even more, wouldn't it? No. Well, actually, <laughs> I don't just think, just think that Anderson's name is invoked at all. You know, kind of. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, you know, takes it down a notch. But either way, you, no, you know, your argument, your argument makes total, total sense to me. I, I can't disagree with the word of it. Um, pat in the back, David. That's Thank the second you. smartest thing I've heard today. <laughs> outside of Joe's, I, I'm going to completely agree with Matthew. He was right on everything yes. outside of that one. Yes. That is, yeah. that is still, still number one. Yeah. Uh, Joe, what do you, what do you got to say? I, mean, I still feel like three years, $52 million for a guy is a lot of money. Um, but it's not our money. That's true. It's, no, not it's, our it's money. Mark Atanasio's money. And at the end of the day, he's got, play, he's got plenty of it. He's not hurting. That's true. It feels like it's monopoly money at this point. We get to play with it. Really is. I, I don't. I mean, it's it's tough because you look at it and you say, if Jeffries is if Jeffries is great, I'm extremely happy that he'll be healthy. We don't have to worry about that. But then you start running into the. Remember last year about that August time frame where you needed that three headed monster and Knable was that guy that stepped up in September. It wasn't yeah. Hater, it was actually Knable. And that's where you kind of like, oh, man, if we had that third guy where 
you know, you've got those first two that get through those first four months. And then that guy at the end who's like, I got it from here, guys. Don't worry. We're going to get here. We're going to get these games in the ninth. That's what you really need. That's why you almost need three dominant pitchers in the yeah. uh, in the back of the bullpen. Now, the days where a closer is just getting 40, 50 saves, it's still there, but not nearly as much as you used to see, I feel like. Yeah. I, I think the trends in the game are, are definitely changing about that. And, I mean, it, it's all kind of that new line of thinking, and the Brewers are really kind of on the cutting edge of all these analytics movements and, and trends. And, I mean, they, they're at the forefront of all of it. So what they're thinking of doing is probably going to be the next big trend in, in baseball. And that's kind of where that three-headed monster in the bullpen kind of comes in. It's no longer just you got a dominant closer, you need a pretty good setup guy, and the rest can just be, you know, throw-ins that you find on the street. I mean, not like on the street, but like you know what I mean. And yeah. then it that's kind of all you need. And you just – have the starting rotation just get you through seven or eight innings and then get it to the closer to finish it out. But starting pitchers are not going seven, eight innings anymore. And mm. you're more going five, maybe six, just getting enough done and then getting into a dominant bullpen, which completely changes the, the strategy and, and the roster construction that GMs have to deal with. Mm. So a name out there that we already have, is Josh Fields, and where does he fit into the uh, yeah. bullpen at some I almost point. forgot I mean, right about now, him. He's kind, of building himself, he's kind of building himself back up, mm. you know, having come into spring late, and that's why he's in San Antonio. Um, but he's out there, too, as a guy you could bring in. And if you look at his stats from last year, and really just the last few years, it's been not horribly bad, actually pretty good to look at. Vote <laughs> <Board> of confidence. <laughs> He's not horribly day. bad. Not horribly bad, but not, not amazing. It could not be Josh worse. Hader. Um, not Josh Hader. Who, who was the guy last year? Was it Mike, Mike Sigursky? Was that the guy? Oh. <laughs> was here wow. for like a third of an inning and then yeah. just gave him no, a bus ticket? Third, third of an inning and gave up like six runs. Yeah. Yeah, it's... You know, in 40, yeah. 41 innings. So... You look at that and you say, not a big sample size, but at the same time, you know, he is a guy that could add a couple innings here and there if needed. That's fair. No, it, 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 it's a solid observation. Uh, it's not going not gonna to crack my top two, but it's a solid observation. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll, it'll Uh-oh. be. Uh oh. Uh oh, what? He did it again. He did it again? Oh, my God. Christian Yelich. Yeah, this this leans um right into uh, our next uh, topic of discussion here. Christian Yelich is unreal. I mean, I what what more is there like even to say about this guy? I, you know, I, I I'd be really curious if if we could compare uh, Eric Tame's twenty. 17. 17, 2017 April to Christian Yelich's 2019 April and see exactly which is more ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I think this... Well, although, keep, in, keep in mind, Yelich is only halfway through the month. He already has nine home runs. Oh, my God. And eight of them are against the Cardinals. And I think is Thames... That is that true? Yeah. Yep. Eight home <laughs> runs against the Cardinals. Four in this Hello, series, cards. four in the first one. Oh my goodness! A, yeah, so I heard a stat today, and now the stat is completely blown out of the water. Um, in Yelich's last eighty-two games, he has eighty-three RBIs. That's insane. That's pretty. So, good. so that shows you how dominant, really, to start and finish last year he was. Oh my god. And- I'm just, I'm just kind of speechless. You know, I'm, it's bad for a podcast, but I'm actually kind of speechless over here, just, just thinking about like what he's doing. Um, and it wasn't it, a solo; it was a three-run shot. I mean, yes, it was. Oh. <laughs> this guy. I mean, however, I will, I will say something bad about him in this. You know, even though we were what buying a buying a kid's puppies and and this and that. Uh, so the big inning where they were in the third inning, the first out was. Christian flew out to center. The last out of the inning, he struck out. So he did. He did uh, account for two of the outs in the third inning. 
but they also scored five runs, so I think he'll take it. <laughs> I, th- I think we'll be okay. But they okay. scored five yeah. runs as a team, so you yeah. take what you get. But yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so four home runs in the last two games against the Cardinals. I mean, and the card. There are four more games this month against the Cardinals. That's hysterical. Oh god. <laughs> Cardinals pitchers well, check under their bed for Christian Yelich. He is their boogeyman. I, I can't see how they could pitch to him. I don't know why they are. Seriously. Well, like, why not just put up four fingers, give the intentional walk, and just I don't care if there's nobody out, nobody on. Like, just go to what, go go to somebody else. Okay, what makes it what makes this what makes it even dumber? Is that when he hit the home run, there was a base empty, there were two outs, and they they pulled the pitcher anyway to for a reliever to pitch to to, to Ryan Braun who struck him out. Oh my! So goodness. if you know you just you know four fingers make the pitching change, strike out Ryan Braun, and you save yourself three runs. I mean, not that I, I mean the score is five nothing to begin with in the fifth inning, but even still, it's. It's it's just not it's just not a great not a great look for the Cardinals brain trust if they're going to be doing stuff like that you know he, it, like, it, at this point go ahead like what is pitching coach Mike Maddox doing you know like you got to do something here four fingers <laughs> that's that's what you do four fingers, four fingers. Yeah. yeah like tell your pitchers like like draw like draw out the strike zone be like all right here's how we're going to pitch to Elch. don't throw him anything. In this area, and just draw a giant circle around the strike zone. Just avoid that area, and you'll be fine. Just don't pick. I, I four fingers. That's who this. You know, like, m- 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 make Ryan Braun and Mike Moustakis beat you. Don't you know? Don't let the you know the one of the be- you know, arguably one of the two best players in the game beat you. Yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> This is incredible. His, his, breakdowns, his breakdowns on MLB.com are just insane when you look for at sure. it. Oh, for uh, sure. Like, this is, this is greatness in action. Like, what we are witnessing. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. We so, all need to... So his, his mm-hmm. exit velocity off of his, off his hits... Our top four percent in the league right now on Statcast, coming yeah. off of the bat at ninety five point one miles per hour, average, averaging. Yeah, his home runs. Uh, let's see, I found uh, I found another uh, piece of statistics on this too. I mean, his home runs are hit almost harder than most people hit their line drives, like which is insane right now. Uh, mm. Go to splits. Yeah, so his exit velocity on his his best spots where he hits home runs at 107, 104, and 102. There are pitchers that don't even throw that fast when he's hitting them harder <laughs> than that. Oh, man. I, wait, wait. You say wait, how many miles per hour? 107. Or on average. I don't think there's any pitcher who throws that fast. No. Yeah. I, I No. Not even a world as Chapman in his heyday. I think he was only at like 106, 105, 106. Yep. Yeah, 105, 106, ain't it? Yeah. I so. mean, Yelich's like charts on MLB look like you're playing a video game. And this is oh, where you're. You he got is a video game. Mode. You've got on the <laughs> mode and you're just crushing the ball every time you get up. Christian Yelich in six games and counting against the St. Louis Cardinals this season 11 for 19, eight home runs, and 18 RBIs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Redbird Rants, the fan-sided Cardinals blog, uh, had an article go up earlier today titled, Why do the Cardinals continue to pitch to Yelich? And I think this is a very question. fair question. Because <laughs> why? Why do you continue to do I mean, look at, who was it yesterday? Mike Myers, Mayers, whatever his name was. He gave oh, up yeah. that, ho- that the, tomahawk home like, run to Yelich. Like his face, he's just like... Oh, how did that happen? He looked completely defeated. Yeah. And it was like, after that, then what he, he walked two people and yeah. it was like my arm hurt. And I really was <laughs> sitting there saying, your arm doesn't hurt guy. Your pride hurts right now. Just admit yeah. this. That's funny. 
Uh, that's so true. Uh, my sister actually like demanded a gif of Mike Myers' reaction after that Christian Yall like turmoil because huh? that face was just so funny. Uh, he's he's going to be watching video of Christian Yelich afterwards, and it's just like I still don't get how the how this happened. Like, it's just unbelievable what what he's doing right now. Like this this is not just some hot stretch. This is like he's a bona fide superstar hitter. It, it's ridiculous. I mean, I can never think of another brewer that's ever been like this. Not not even and, Ryan Braun during his prime. No, what was ever no. like this? I don't even think Prince Fielder was either. Even the year he hit fifty home runs, I don't, I don't think he ever had a stretch like this. No, was, no, I, I never, I never got the sense he was like, a, you know, Christian Yelich at this point is like, it feels like a force of nature coming to the plate. I never got that sense with Prince or, or Brownie. Yeah, um, I, I, it, I get that sense with Mike Trout where it's, you know, that level of of talent. Um, so yeah, that that, that that's that's the air that uh, the Christian Yelich is in right now. He's in you know, the top tier. Yeah, I wasn't alive for the years of Robin Yount, but I don't even know if Yount ever had a stretch like this. Where it's just nonstop domination. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think what you're seeing, what, what Brewer fans are seeing right now is the first of its kind, at least in Milwaukee. I mean, we mentioned yeah. Mike, you know, Barry Bonds in his heyday. I remember going through the McGuire Sosa summer where what McGuire got seventy, and it felt like every time he got up, you were expecting a home run. You were expecting yeah. him to crush the ball a mile. So, this is like the first time Brewer fans have been treated to these kind of things. Mm. And boy, is it fun! Yep, sure <laughs> I mean, uh, th- this is just every time like you, he goes up there or he just goes around just doing whatever, and you think this guy can't possibly get any better. I can't love him any more than I already do, and sure enough, he's doing this. Being better than he was before and making you love him more more than you already do. He gave away a puppy. He was holding a puppy, yeah, giving it away yeah. to a family, and you think this is the greatest thing ever. It's so cute. He's a great player, you know, giving a puppy away to a family. And then he hits three home runs immediately after. And then he hits a home run the next day. Yeah. I mean, this is insane. Well, and the other part of this too. He's not just hitting the ball amazingly. His fielding is probably going to rank in the best. He's going to get a gold glove again at the way he's playing. Yeah, I mean, he's put out some twenty-nine chances. Yeah, I mean, he nobody's covering right field the way he's doing it. Yeah, he had like two diving plays yesterday. One in front of Orlando Arcia, who nearly took him out. And I swear, if Orlando Arcia made contact with Yelich. Uh, on that play, if he like injured Yelich somehow, the fans would run him out of town. I think you would run him out of town by yourself. I would have plenty of people who would join me. Don't you worry about that. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> You'd have the entire state of Wisconsin that would run him out of town. Pretty much, yes. David Stearns would be forced to trade Arcia just because he couldn't keep him here for his own safety. And Yelich hasn't taken a walk today yet, has he? No. So he's got 11 walks already to go along with 23 hits and only 78 plate appearances. <laughs> That's, he's, he's reached base successfully 34 times in 78 appearances. That's all. That's, imp- that's impressive. That'll play. It's all right. Yep. That's all right. It's decent. No, I mean it wasn't Anyways, seventy-eight uh, times in seventy-eight plate appearances. But... Well, it's not you know five hits and six at bats either. Yeah, I mean, come on, like Brandon Woodruff is clearly the superior hitter. Just, I mean, if you look at batting average, <laughs> clearly the superior hitter, right, Matthew? Brandon Woodruff, Christian Yelich. Yeah, I I think there's there's a rule in in, in the National League that you can't bat them next to each other. Oh yeah, because it's just it's too dangerous for opposing just, pitchers. Just, yeah, it, you know, it, why even play the game if you're going to do that? You know. Yeah. 
Fair and, enough. And I hate to say, Yelich doesn't even have the best batting average on the team at the moment of all the position players. Yeah, it's Grandall, isn't it? It's Grandall at four twelve. Yeah. <laughs> Grandall's been on a huge hot streak as well. I mean, that that's been fun to watch. Home run. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. five home runs, ten RBIs already. Yeah, Grandol went off in that series against uh, Los Angeles, too, against the Dodgers. Mm. I mean, Grandol. Yeah. I mean, he's been on a prolonged hot streak after. I don't think he got a hit in the first three games of the season. First three, four games, he didn't get a hit. And. 0 for 11. Yeah, it was like 0 for 12 or something. And now it's just been nonstop hitting ever since. Yeah, he's seeing a beach ball every time he goes up there. It feels like. Yeah, it's it's just been that way for Grandall and and him and Yelich have been able to carry the team, while guys like Jesus Aguilar and Travis Shaw have kind of been slumping, and you know they're now moving down in the order. It's been really kind of a rough start to the season for them, but. I mean, they'll get it around. David Stearns was saying on the TV broadcast earlier today, he's like, yeah, I, I believe these guys will get it around. And, like, everything's just kind of, you know, blown out of proportion in the early part of the season. And right as he says that, Travis Shaw and Jesus Aguilar hit back-to-back singles. So it's like, there you go. Stearns is a wizard. He can predict the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he he's, he's great. Aguilar and Shaw, they'll get it together. I mean, I, I agree with Stearns. They're going to get it together. They'll be fine. And it's just getting into a groove at the plate, and it, it'll happen for them eventually. I, I think Aguilar's first home run last year didn't come until the 21st, and he still hit 35 of them. So he'll be fine. Yeah. Not too concerned about Jesus no. or Travis. I think they'll figure it all out. And- be just fine. Matthew, what do you think? I, you know, I, I, I got to agree with you guys. Be just fine. Not, not really concerned. Yeah. I mean, he's starting to see a couple of hits fall. He got that double against the Dodgers, and he was so happy over there at second base. You remember seeing the, the picture of him just smiling as he finally made it in there? Like, he finally saw one fall. And, you know, he's just, you know, getting some hits together. Like, he'll find it. He'll find it eventually. Mm, agreed. So. Shaw's got two hits today already. So. Oh, there you yeah, go. He's boom. busting out. There you go. Travis Shaw. He'll, uh, he'll be fine. David, do we have a mailbag today? Um. Yeah. We should have mailbag. Got to go in and find it here for a second. But, yeah. Sent out a question on or sent out a tweet. On Twitter earlier, looking for questions for the podcast. Got a couple of them, I believe, last time I checked. Now we got four total. Oh, wow. Three from RJ. Um, But we'll start with one here. (laughs) Let's see. Um, One from Marcel. Where on the pain scale are you feeling the staff's horrible home run per nine right now? How long before even the most even-keeled among us should worry? About the homers you know, the Brewers are allowing? Yeah, the homers the Brewers are allowing, like Corbin Burns like, and Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta. Um, well, one, like of those guys, one of those guys is hurt. One of those guys is having a fantastic start. And the third guy, I, I think we you know, we know where I stand. We know where you stand. Yeah. Joe, where do you stand? So, I, I, yeah, I, I think uh, Freddie Hurt. Brandon Woodruff doing fantastic. Corbin, the kind of in-between guy. But I, I'm not stressing out. I mean, like we've talked about, they're young. you got to give them a chance. I think all three are going to be fantastic in, in the future and in the present for this mm-hmm. rotation. Um, I, I'm not concerned. Yeah. and I'd say this is like put a Band-Aid on it and you're fine. All right. Yeah. yeah that, that's kind of where we are on the pain scale with that. And I mean, how long before we should worry – I mean, if this continues, it's okay, it's okay to worry. Now. It's okay to worry now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if 
I don't like worrying that much. I try not to worry over like too many things, but that that's just me. Some people can handle worrying a bit more. It, well, before we should get before I'd get like really worried about this team's home run issues, like you got to give it to at least like early mid May. If like if it continues all the way through then consistently and they're still giving up home runs and they won't stop it, then it's kind of like, okay, now you've kind of got a problem because you're over a month into the season yeah. now, and that's that's a whole different thing than just you know two, three, four starts. Yeah. We, we could go off like you and Dario's Twitter battle the other night about like how worried are you that the guy in front of you is going to lean his seat back. Oh, my God, air. Dario. <laughs> I cannot believe because Dario I, I is think, is pro reclining the seat. Yeah, I, are you worried that Dario is going to sit in front of you and you're going to end up with like his seat in your knees the whole flight? Oh, I'm definitely or, concerned about that based on what he was saying. Yeah, exactly. I don't think we're okay. at that point. I think the person in front of us is still nice enough not to recline their seat yet. Okay, for me, it depends on the length of the flight. Okay, well, also, how tall are you, Matthew? About six feet tall. Yeah, same same as Dario. So so he's fine with that. I'm six foot eight. So oh, yeah. oh, we know, dude. You you look, you go anywhere near an airplane, you're 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 kind of screwed. Exactly. So if a person in front of me is trying to recline, I don't even know if they could before my knees would stop them. You know, like oh yeah, no no. I I, I would in in your case, I I understand completely. Just given you know your 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 height. Yeah. Um, given but, my life know, experience, that hmm. reclining sucks. On airplanes, like it does. I don't recline if there if there's anyone behind me. I don't recline my seat. If there's no one behind me, which I have not had in a long time because every single flight I've been on is completely full and there's no empty seats, Mm. then then I'll recline if if there's no one back there. But other than that, you know, it's it's not really helping anything. Like. You know, you recline, and the person behind you has to recline, and then the person behind them just kind of starts this whole thing. And it's just, it's uncomfortable for everyone. And even though, I mean, even though Dario argued that, you know, you get those two inches of legroom back, I don't, I don't feel that. No. You know, not, no, no, I, I used to, you know, I, I lived in Korea for a lot of years, and, you know, I would fly back and forth every so often. And honestly, if, if you're not reclining on, on, you know, an 11, 12 hour flight, you know, that's you know you, you you can only sit in that position for so long, you know. Agreed. Agreed. So if if it's international, I'm all uh, you know recline, do whatever you need to, um, just to make it through the flight. You know, I I, I can't you know begrudge anybody for wanting to recline on, on an international flight. If it's like an hour or two, like like puddle jump, like come on, man, you can you can you can sit for for an hour or two. Yeah, on the on those international flights, I get up, I walk around the plane when everybody else is trying to sleep because I can't sleep for any mm. reason on a plane whatsoever. Oh, I, at this point I can. I, I can, yeah, I, I can sleep just about anywhere now. <laughs> I've been able to sleep with my, like, head on a rock as a pillow in the desert, but I can't do it on a plane for some reason. I just can't sleep. Hmm. Joe, a rock is not a pillow. <laughs> yeah, but I use the rock as a pillow. So. That doesn't sound very comfortable. That's that's not how it's supposed to work at all. You know, trust me. I um, no, I... Um, yeah, no, I, I I can sleep on international flights now. I, at first, I couldn't, but after I, you know doing it for so many years, you, you kind of developed the ability to to, to do that. So yeah. I can I can sleep through anything at this point. Yeah. So back to the uh, mailbox. A couple of the questions here from RJ. I think they're mostly joke questions. Oh, like have the Brewers ever looked into improving the lighting at Miller Park? It always seems so dark and dreary in there. I disagree completely. I've always found it to be well lit and bright. Yeah, me too. And do the Brewers have home and road uniforms anymore? Uh, yeah. They always Same have, time. always will. Yeah. And then have they ever considered moving back the fences or making them higher? Miller Park is a bandbox. Um, no, I don't think they have. I mean, they. I think they brought the fences in a little bit, at least on the corners, or at least on the right field corner, when they made that little um, lounging area with the bar down there. So that kind of brought it in a little bit, but no, I don't see them moving it back. Plus, I mean, you got like steel walls behind like most of those within like two feet. So where could they even move it back to? 
you know, I, I don't know where you know, I don't know where the, you get the band box from. You know, it's it's three forty four done left, three forty five done right, three seventy one left center, three seventy four right center, four hundred straight away center. Yeah, so, it's not like it's but, you know three thirteen in the right field corner <laughs> like Yankee Stadium. Yeah, no, or it's just a little too ridiculous, but. Yeah. So it's it it's been a good start to the season so far. Brewers are still in first place and they're looking to really kind of pound down the St. Louis Cardinals kind of further in the standings. Chicago Cubs have gotten off to a slow start too, haven't they? It's to the standings, tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Standings it's, don't lie. Oh, now it's eight to two. What happened here? You took your eye off the off the TV, and I did. Gave the, gave the Cardinals two runs. Yeah. Well, I also don't have a TV in in the room here. I'm recording, unfortunately. That's how. How, how are you going to keep your eye on it if you don't have one? Duh. Yeah. That's yeah, unfortunate. Joe, you got to tell me what happened. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> How did it get to? Let's see. Yeah. Let's see oh, it looks like a home run by Marcelo Zuna. Yep. The other guy that the Marlins had in their outfield and traded away. I don't oh, think man. Marlins fans ever want to talk about what they used to have anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've uh, I think they've long they've long uh, been angry about that one. Yeah, but hey, they got Lewis Brinton now, so that's fun, ain't it? No. <laughs> no, it's not. He's. He's doing awful once again, isn't he? I believe so, he's, yes. He's off to another like rough start. He had like below 200 last year. And he exactly. is not doing well, I think so far this year. Uh Brinson is batting a buck 97. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so bad. No no home runs, 12 hits total. Christian Yelch has probably 12 hits in like a span of like four games. If Christian Yelich walks today, he'll have just as many walks as Princeton has hits. Well, uh, you know, the world needs ditch, ditch diggers too. <laughs> Caddyshack. Great one. That's mm. a solid <laughs> quote. Uh, it's Wow, man, poor, poor Miami. Poor, guy. he's only twenty four years old too. It's just, he turns twenty five in a month. Either way, poor yeah, guy. it's been he hit one ninety nine last year with a five seventy seven OPS, and now he's off to a five thirty four OPS this year. And he was the crown jewel of that Christian Yelich trade. He was like a top twenty prospect. He was gonna be a stud. And now he's looking like a bust. Man. You know, he's still young. He's still young enough that he could have a career. I mean, oh yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, he he still can. But mm-hmm. from the way things are looking, you know, the fact that they've put him out there and this is now, you know, continued below Mendoza line type success. It's not looking too great. I mean, and he was basically big league ready when the Brewers had him there at the end of 2017. Mm-hmm. Sure enough. So, poor Marlins fans watching Christian Yelich rake, watching Marcelo Zuna rake, watching Giancarlo Stanton do what he normally does. Yeah, we've all we've all made those mistakes. Uh, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't like bringing up Domingo Santana right now. No, he's, that's he's true. He's pretty well in Seattle. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it had to happen. Yeah, like, exactly. like he wouldn't have had that success if he was still in Milwaukee with Kane and and Yelich and and Braun still here. I mean, I yeah, they, I still think he could have done like things like that and continued that thirty home run success if the Brewers hadn't gotten Kane and Yelich to basically take his spot on the roster. So, but I'm definitely satisfied with Christian Yelich taking Domingo Santana's spot. Definitely satisfied with that one. Very happy. I, I think I'll, I'll find a way to live with it. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll we'll make it through somehow. We'll we'll be strong. Hmm. Mariners fans will enjoy Domingo Santana though. Well, they will. They will. Great guy. So that should do it for this week's edition of the Reviewing the Root podcast. We are running out of time. So thank you once again to Joseph Simandel and Matthew Dewaskin for joining me on the pod today. It was it was a lot of fun, you guys. A lot of fun. <laughs> Anytime, pal. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So Brewers will be continuing to face off against the Cardinals, and then they'll then they'll face off once again against the St. Louis – no, not St. Louis. The Los <laughs> Angeles. I am, It has been a long day. They'll face oh. off again against the Los Angeles Dodgers and finish that season series already here in April at Miller Park. And we'll be back again next week, Tuesday, on the Reviewing the Brew podcast for Joseph Smandel and Matthew Dwoskin. I'm Dave Gasper. We'll see you next week.